You're listening to the AG Lockhart Podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Matt Burton. Hey, I want to talk to y'all again this week about the word instead. We started it last week. I'd love to just preach that message all over again and then go another couple, three, four hours today. But because we have to come here and eat tonight, I'm not going to. This is part of your life right here. This, this chair represents somewhere you've been. You might have sat down there for a minute or two. You might have been there a while. And uh, it might have been a place you liked, like Rebecca likes here. Or it might have been a place you were ready to get out of. Uh, my friend Sherry's here today, and she, she's uh, been sitting in Lockhart, Texas area for a few months, years, and she's moving this week, and I'm going to miss her. She's going to take her chair and go to somewhere else instead of here. I'm demonstrating what instead means because I had a hard time in English class, and I used to be sitting over there, but instead, I'm sitting over here. Just go ahead and tell your neighbor we're at the right place. This guy's brilliant. Now, if I'm sitting in this chair instead of that chair, it really doesn't matter how long I was in that chair right now because now I'm in this chair. There might have been some great things about that chair. I did kind of like that chair. There might have been some bad things about that chair, but I'm not in that chair. I'm in this chair instead. The word instead, you have to have at least two options to be someplace instead of somewhere else. I don't know where you are today, but... Wherever we are, we want to be with God instead of somewhere else. Let's read this uh, chapter in the the Bible. 2 Kings chapter 8. Elijah told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, Take your family and move to some other place, for the Lord has called a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. And after the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines. When she went to see the king about getting her house and her land back, as she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, who was a servant of Elijah, the man of God. And the king had just said, tell me some stories about the great things Elijah has done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elijah had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord, the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now. And this is her son, the very one Elijah brought back to life. Is this true, the king asked her, and she told him the story. So he directed her to one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. She had been somewhere, but this day instead she was in front of the king. Let's pray. Lord, would you help us? The Bible says it's you who gives ears to hear and eyes to see. I'd ask you today for us, for those ears and those kind of eyes and a heart that would understand. Your spirit is called the spirit of revelation. You reveal things to us. I pray that in your word today, we would see what you want to say to us. Lord, how could a man, a person, a woman, anybody know what we need in the heart level? Sometimes we don't even know what we need, but you, God, who search even the deepest place of us, you know what it is you would say to us if we were listening. So today, Lord, we say to you, we're listening. Please, by your mercy, speak to us at the point where we need to be spoken to. We ask you, help us today, Lord. I want to thank you, God, that instead of leaving us as orphans, you've become our father. Instead of leaving us as sinners, you've become our salvation. Instead of leaving us lost, you became 
the way and the truth and the life for us, that through Jesus we might return to the Father and be who he made us to be. Lord, I thank you for the insteads of your word and your actions and who you are. I thank you for the fact that I've earned your judgment, but instead you have triumphed in my life with your mercy. And I ask you for your mercy today in Jesus' name. Amen. This lady at one point in her life was well-to-do, had a lot of money. It says in 2 Kings chapter 4, would open her house up to the prophet, Elisha, when he'd come by. She even liked him so much and knew the Lord was with him. She built a room on, on her house. But in this part of her life, she had no children. And Elijah had ministered to her and, and prophesied by the word of the Lord she'd have a child. And then the child grew up. And then the child died. And then she ran to the prophet. And you can read about that. Um, and uh, now everybody's getting nervous. Like he's talking about a chapter that he's not preaching about. This is where it gets long. I'm in this chair right now. The baby died or the young boy. She went there. The prophet came, prayed. He didn't get up. Elisha laid down on top of the boy three different times, and he woke up. When she was in this part of her life, a lot of great things happened, but in this chapter, she's not over there. Instead, she's been told by the same prophet that she needs to leave her home, and for seven years, God's declared a famine on the land, and, and she's been instructed. Now, he, the prophet didn't tell everybody to go, but he told her, you need to leave and go somewhere. And we read in 2 Kings that instead of being in her home, she was seven years in the land of her enemies, the, the Philistines. I'd like to give you 27 points on, you're laughing. I'd like to be at the end of the story today when she came back, when she came back. What keeps us from coming to God? What do we do instead of going to God? Where do we go instead of going to God? Well, in this story, she comes back to the king. She has many reasons not to, but instead she does. You might have some reasons you don't want to talk to the Lord today or come to the Lord. You might have some friends that give you all their reasons why they don't. You know, she could have said, the king won't listen. She could have said, who am I? I'm just a woman without a home. She could have said, I'm the one who's been gone. She could have said, the king has enough to deal with. You ever felt like that? God has enough to deal with. She could have thought the king has more important business to take care of. But whatever she thought, instead of not coming, she came to the king. Why don't we come to the king? How do we see God? Do we see him as waiting for us, like loving, or instead do we see him like this? Yeah, come in here if you want to. Do we see the Lord with uh, arms open or closed? Do we see him with a happy face when he sees us or a mad face instead of a smile? Do we see him as too busy instead of paying attention to us? Do we see him with the door closed instead of open? Part of why we do or don't come to the Lord is how we see ourselves. Do we see ourselves as worthy of being in his presence or not worthy? Or do we see ourselves as nobody or that we were bought with a price instead? If I was writing down points, number one would be she was already on the king's mind. She came into the king's court to ask him for a house or land back. And to her surprise, the king is already talking about her. In heaven today, your father's talking about you because you're his favorite subject. And what he's doing in your life is his favorite subject. Psalms 139, 17 and 18 says, How precious are your thoughts about me, God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. 
I wonder how you feel about God instead of that. We could sit over here in this chair and think God doesn't want to have anything to do with us. But this verse says over here, instead, his thoughts are toward us and they're precious thoughts. They can't be numbered. You're always on the Lord's mind. She was on the king's mind. Another thing I'd like to think about was what was seven years like in the land of our enemies? Anybody been through a bad seven? Anybody somewhere in the middle of it you wish God would tell you it was only going to be seven because you don't know how long it's going to be? This lady got told it was seven. Sometimes God takes us some places, doesn't tell us how long. Seven years with her enemies, the Philistines. You know, was it misery or instead was it a mission trip? Can we see our trouble, our situation as an opportunity maybe instead of oppression? Could we see what's going on in our life as a mission instead of a miserable experience? I wonder if we could see what's going on in our life as an opportunity to worship instead of worry. I wonder if we could see it as providence instead of a problem. I don't know your situation today. You might have just come out of the famine and you're all good. You may be just walking into it. You may be so confused in the middle of it that you don't know which way is up. I understand a little bit about all those things, but how we see it instead of how we don't see it can make a big difference. What could God possibly be doing in our current situations? Could he be doing what he always does? Instead of what we think is happening, maybe there's a bigger plan. Could God be changing things for the better? You remember Abram had no children. God changed his name instead to Abraham, the father of nations. It's hard not to have any children. And the other lady said, and it's hard to have them too, bro. I'm just kidding. I was one of those children. He went from childless instead to father of nations. How about Simon? Always putting his foot in his mouth, always doing crazy stuff like walking on water and then sinking. Simon, come on. They changed him to Peter, the one who was so pressured by a girl that she knew Jesus that he called down curses on himself to a, in front of a little girl saying, I don't even know him. And then, you know, Peter dies in front of his people that are about to martyr him and say, you don't put me on a cross like Jesus. Turn me upside down. I'm not worthy to die like him. He, he was something, but later instead he was something else. You know, God's always doing something. Could he be changing us because of what famine we're in right now or what place we're in right now? Could he be doing a miracle, a transformation? That'd be my second point. Could he be doing something in our life even though it seems like this isn't where I would have picked to be? Well, we all would have been in Lockhart, Texas. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stuff going on, the drama. Look at this, Isaiah 61, 2 and 3. This is the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. It's the year to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them, look at these insteads, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I'll take it. The oil of joy instead of mourning. Two, please. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This is the Lord's heart for you. This is his instead for you. You have a little mourning, the Lord is instead going to turn it into joy. You got a little trouble, a little ugly stuff, God's going to turn it into some beauty. Let's stay in there with him. He is changing us. He's making some insteads out of our life. She came back. She could have stayed where she was. Instead, she could have stayed there. She could have given up. She could have quit. Instead of coming back, she could have curled up in a little ball in the fetal position. Started crying for mom and said, I'm done. But instead, she came back. Can you imagine her? I imagine the people of her hometown, and they see her after year seven, 
There she is right there. They say, hey, uh, who is that coming over that little hill right there in the dust? Is that? No, it can't be. Then her image becomes a little more closer, clearer because she's coming back, a little more recognizable. Is that her? Could it be her? Is it really her? I thought she was gone. I mean, people don't talk, but if they did. I thought she was done. I thought she left. I thought she left her house. My cousin's in her house. I thought she was never coming back. And here she comes. Here she's back. Has anybody ever come back? We got any comebacks in here? Don't make me call you. I know some of you. I'm not going to call you because you're going to start calling me. Quit looking at me, Eugene. Quit looking at me. Anybody come back? Anybody on the comeback? Anybody been back? Anybody ever say, I'm back? Anybody back? We're back, CJ. We're back. She came back to the king to ask to have her home back and her land back. What was it yours that you left behind when you were gone? What got left behind? What did you give away? What was it that we got lost? What was it that got stolen from us, maybe taken? What's missing? Some things we lost in the famine. Some things we handed out for free. Some things we turned around and they had taken it. She came back to get her home back. What's yours that's been left behind? Why don't we go to the king and ask him if we can have it back? Anybody missing anything? What do we do if we don't go to the king? Instead of going to the king, what are we going to do for the stuff missing in our life? You know, we might think he's too busy. We might think I'm too busy. It won't work. It doesn't really matter. He won't listen. I've already asked him. Anybody ever said that? I'm not going to that altar one more time. I've already been praying too much. She went to the king. Instead of all those other things she could have said, Instead of all those other things, we could say, why don't we go to the king and ask for it back? We don't have our hope. Let's go ask for it back. Can I have my joy back instead of this sadness? Can I have my faith back instead of this doubt? Lord, could I have my lost relationship back? Could I have my strength back? Could I have my health back? King, could I have my peace back? I had it before the famine. Instead of this despair, could I have a grace on my life? Could I have my home back? She went to ask him. She didn't just go to ask him for the home. She asked for the land back also. She kind of had the attitude, I don't want a home just to sit around and waste time and do nothing. I'd like the land so I could have my purpose back, so I could have, use my energy to invest and to work and to do something. She's coming for the land and the home. Could I have my house back, my home, my belongings, my safety, my shelter? Could I have my land back so I could use my abilities to produce, to work, to do God, what God put me on earth to do? Can I have it back? I'm coming back. Can I have my stuff back to me? Point number four, the famine has taken some things away. Today's the day to get it back. Oh, three people. Good. I want to encourage your faith. The famine's taken some stuff away from us. Today's the day to get it back. I'm going to go to this chair. He can't say that. He ain't a prophet. He ain't nobody. He's bald-headed. Barely gets himself together for church. He can't tell us today's the day to get back. Well, the Bible says over here, instead, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. I could curl up in the ball or I could say, Lord, your word says today is the day of salvation. Save me, please. And thank goodness you're good at it because I'm going to be extra. <laughs> and not only does she get the house back and the land back, she gets the money back that she would have made while she was gone. Man, God's good, isn't he? 
I don't think we ask enough. Or don't ask believing or whatever. Anyway, that's in James something else. She got everything as if she had been there the whole time. She got everything as if she hadn't been gone for seven years. That's a big instead. Instead of nothing, now she has more than before. Why is that? Because of who she was. Because of what God had done in her life in the past. They were talking about her because she had a testimony with the Lord. Because she had been blessed in the past, the blessing was bearing down on her present and her future was taking a turn for the better because of what God had been doing in her life. She comes with nothing but her obedience. I left when they told me to leave. I came back when they told me to come back. And she comes with the testimony of God in her life. Her son's right behind her, the miracle son, the double miracle son. God's goodness to her was bringing her past to bear on her present and leading her into her future. I hear it right now, the but, 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 sir, I don't have, thank you for calling me, sir, but I don't have a godly testimony. She has a godly testimony. She built the house for the prophet. My problem, my famine is my own fault, someone might say. I'd ask you to do this. Instead of putting your eyes on you, how about instead looking at Jesus? Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. All these new things are from God who brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. Look at verse 19. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. Look at 20, at the end of 20. It's as though Christ himself were pleading with you, receive the love he offers you, be reconciled to God. For look at this, this is a key verse right here. God took the sinless Christ and poured sin into him. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. This lady comes back saying, I used to follow God. I left. I was following God. I have a son because of God. You could say she's just a godly woman. I haven't been so godly, maybe. This verse right here says it's not even about that. It's about what God is pouring into your life. He poured the destruction you should have suffered onto Jesus that he could pour the life of Jesus onto you. I wonder if we should go to the king today and and get back some of the stuff instead of leaving it out there for something else. We come back. We must come back to life. Like the woman who was returning with her testimony, we could come like her. Lord, I've been faithful. I know your promises are true. Or we can come like the prodigal son. He comes back to the father with nothing but all his shame and mistakes. You know the story. He returns to the father. He comes with nothing but a repentant heart. So you can come back with your testimony or you can come back with all your shame. But let's come back to the Lord today. We find the king or the father clothing us in righteousness. Making us what he wants us to be. Making us right by his power, not what we've done. The woman has a testimony, but she can't get her house back. The prodigal son has a terrible testimony, and he can't get his place back. But God, the Father and the King, is who's able to restore. It's a day for coming back. Look at Joel chapter 2. The Lord says this, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me all your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Let your remorse tear at your heart, not just your garment. Return to the Lord, for he is good and gracious and merciful. He's not easily angered. He's full of kindness and anxious not to punish you. Who knows? Perhaps yet he will decide to leave you alone and give you a blessing instead of this terrible curse. Perhaps he will give you so much you can offer your offerings of grain and wine to the Lord as before. It goes down. These people are suffering in a famine in this book of Joel because of their disobedience And yet Joel is pleading with them from the Lord to return and see if God would be merciful instead of just judging them. 
And it says in verse 25, God says of his own mouth, I will repay you for the year the locusts have stolen. I will repay you for what you've lost. It was your fault, but I'll repay you. That's the kind of God I am. Number five, God's heart is to love us and to care for us. We need to come back to him instead of not coming back. Last week, I kept seeing this lady coming back. I saw her kind of frazzled, hair not done. I made a couple of Manny Patty jokes last year, last week. Were you here? Did I just say last year a whole bunch of times? Yeah, you, you preached since last year, Matt, but it was. Last week, I saw her real tired, hurt, weathered, and beaten down, maybe struggling in to see the king, trying to get herself together before they ushered her in there. This week, I've been thinking about her. I thought maybe she had a little swag when she came back. Maybe she was walking like those, America woman. Like those ladies that they just walk in the place like. No one announced it, but it got announced. You know what I'm saying? Oh, she's here. I wonder if she walked in like that. I wonder if she came in like, oh, I'm back and I'm here to see the king. Because I already know who my God is. You see this boy right here? She might have been at the front gate. You can't come in here, ma'am. It's not visitor day. Oh, yes, I could come in here. You see this boy? God gave me this boy. Then he died. Then he came back up. She starts telling the story, and the guy's like, just send her to the next checkpoint. We got to keep things moving. I mean, I don't know how she came in, but I don't know if she was all beat up and depressed. Maybe she came in with, with a little bit of something going on, like, no, God said seven years. This seven years is up. Something's happening today. I'm in the right place. I just don't know if the king is in the right place, but we're about to find out when we go up in this king's place. I don't know. Maybe she was beat down seven years, killed her. Maybe she's ready to go. She's been counting the days, and this is a day of salvation. She's got a testimony. I obeyed God. I'm still obeying God. God's done all this. I did what I'm told to do. I'm standing up in here to see what's going to happen. Someone else is in my house. And she goes to the king. You know, she didn't go to the house to get the people out. That would have been good on Jerry Springer. She didn't go to do it. She went to the authority of the land to do it. That's a point for us right there. We're going to the places trying to work the thing out ourselves. Let's go. She didn't go to the house to evict the new resident. She didn't go to the mayor. She didn't go to the lady that knows everything in the town. She didn't go to the town bully. She didn't go to the hitman. I think she thought about the hitman, but I don't think she went to the hitman. She went to the king. Maybe she came walking up in faith. Maybe she came walking with her son. Maybe she came wondering if it was going to work out. But she came to the king and laid her problem down. You know, when Elisha healed her son, she brought her problem to him and him to her problem. We got to get God in the middle of our problems. God's already in the middle of our problems. He walks through the fire with us. He walks through the water with us. He is always with us. It was interesting, as I was thinking this week, Elisha laid down on her son three times when he raised her in 2 Kings chapter 4. Jesus was raised on the third day. Jesus, you could say, came down from heaven and laid down in our mess the perfect amount of time to raise us up out of it. I think this lady might have come with a little bit of swag. Can you see her? I'm back. I have my son, and I'm about to have my house back. Not demanding because of who she is, but maybe she knew a little bit more about God than I've been giving her credit for. And she knows that when you do what God asks you to do, oh God, would you give us this gift of faith is my prayer. Miss Allie called me one day when my daughter had a lung tumor. I was standing at my gate in the gravel driveway. My phone rings. I'm opening the gate. I answer the phone. It's Miss Allie. She said, I don't know, Matt. I don't know why. I just know 
she's going to be all right. I think it's gone. Less than a month later in Houston, they told us the tumor's gone. There was some kind of faith that was up in Miss Alley. It's called the gift of faith. You don't always get those calls. Everybody, there's about 12 people here like, can Miss Alley call me? Tell me that it's going to be all right. Well, God himself today is talking to you, telling you your famine won't last forever. Come back to him. Go see the king. Whatever she did, she walked in there and she came back and it all came back to her. Just look at your neighbor and say, it's all coming back to me. Everything God meant for me, I'm going to stay with him and it's all coming back to me. The prophet had told her to leave. He didn't tell everybody to leave. This is a good point right here. We need to quit looking around so much and measuring everything else by what everyone else is doing. We need to quit looking around so much and measuring everything by everyone else and what they're doing. What did God tell you? Now, I'm not saying his word changes. I'm not saying it tells you one thing and me another thing. But God's word instructs us in the season of our life. The prophet told this lady to leave and a lot of other people to stay. We need to know what God's telling us. I think we all ought to live in Lockhart, but Sherry's moving on Tuesday. I don't know what God told her, but she needs to not base her life on where Matt's at, what chair Matt's at. She's got to do what God told her to do. We have got to know what God is speaking into our life by his word. I'm not talking about change the Bible. Well, I don't like this part of the verse, Lord. I'm going to put this in here. I'm talking about knowing what God is telling us to do. You know, Peter denied the Lord, and then the Lord reinstated him and gave him a ministry. And the day he was doing that, he said, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And Peter goes, what about John? And I go, thank God I'm not the only one that says, you know, worrying about everybody else. It's human nature. I mean, it's not the right nature. It's, not, it's the nature I want refined out of me, but I'm kind of like Peter. I'm like, well, what about, what about, what about? And, and Jesus, you know what he said to him? Come here, Peter. I'm so sorry. You're so preoccupied. He said, what is it to you what I do with John? I'm talking to you, Peter. Let's put down this worry about everybody else, not the concern, Christian concern about like, can I help you? Can I do anything for you? Not not the love we're supposed to have. Let's don't put that down. Let's pick some of that up. But this about he said, she said, we said, keep your enemies close and your friends close. I mean, I can't even say all this stuff. The right, like keep our eye on that. I'll sleep in one eye open. You know, all the stuff we're worrying about. I'm really not being funny. I need help. He looks at Peter and says, look at me, Peter. I'm talking to you, Peter. Quit worrying about John. You follow me, he said. That lady left the town. Where are you going? They told me to leave. They didn't tell me to leave. Where are you going? They told me to leave. I'm leaving. Where are you going? I'm not leaving. He didn't tell me to leave. He told me to leave. I mean, what was that day like? Somebody else was like, can I help you move? Can I help you move? Let's follow Jesus. How about that? That's number seven if you're keeping up. She came to the king with her son. They came together. Oh, this is important. Instead of leaving him outside, she brought him in. Instead of sending him in, she went with them. There's a lot of options how we come to the king. We're all generations. Let's go to the king together. Let's take us all in. But I want to tell you this. 2020 is the year of the prodigal son coming to his senses. I'm telling you, I just feel it. It says in uh, Luke 15, when he came to his senses in the pig pen, when he came to his senses, when he finally woke up and realized where he was, he said, it's better to be a servant at my dad's house than to be in this pig pen. But, but the day before, he couldn't make that statement. He hadn't come to his senses yet. 
She came into the king with her son. I want to ask you this. Is there a missing person in your life, missing relationship? Let's take them in to see the king. If not, what are we going to do instead? Just keep biting all our fingernails off? Keep worrying to death? My son's so far away. My daughter this, that person, my brother, my relationship, this, the job, the thing, all these missing things. I wonder if we say something like this. There's too much water under the bridge. It's too late. What will we do instead if we don't go into the king with the person? She went in with her son. There's something in our life that's missing, a person, a relationship, something broken. We need to take that in. Well, they, if they liked me, Matt, I wouldn't have to take them in. They're nowhere near me. I'm going to tell you how to take them in. Take them in to see the king like a dad gets out his phone and tries to figure out where the photos of his kids are. Y'all know those dads? I'm one of them. I got some good pictures in here. It's going to take me a while. But they, got, they don't have their kid, but they're going to show you their kid. Let's go into the king. Lord, I don't have them with me, but I'm going to present them to you. I'm going to describe them to you. I'm gonna, I, I get like this. Well, I can't find them. It's some month on the phone. Mike is this tall. Trinity is this tall. There's all beautiful image growing up. Just, I start telling the picture. Why don't we do that in prayer? Instead of all the whining, complaining, moaning, and we're whining, complaining, moaning because it hurts. But let's take that into the, instead of just sending it, oh, God bless them. I hope you find them out there on the highway, wherever they are. Why don't you, let's take them in there to the Lord. Does that make sense? I was trying to read my notes because it made a lot more sense on my notes, but I'm getting a little excited. Take them in there with your words. Lord, I want to describe my, this person to you. Like you describe them so good, God could see them right there in front of him. I know he can see them, but man, the conversation is important. This is the year for many prodigals to come home, many broken relationships to be fixed. This is the year. God's ministry is reconciliation. It's what he's doing, putting things back together. Let's take these people in. Quit talking about them for three hours over coffee and talk to the Lord for three hours about them. Lord, you know what she thinks. You know how she feels. You know what she says. Meet her right there, Father. Talk to her right there. A mom that's lost a kid knows how to pray for that kid better than anybody. The dad who's brokenhearted knows how to pray. The friend that's missing their friend, no one can talk to them about, to the Lord about them like you can because you love them so much. Take it to the Lord, all right? If Facebook fixes your problem, tell me, and I want to know what page that is. But it's not fixing any of my problems. Calm down. What fell? What broke? I got to wrap up. The oil is ready for y'all. It's coming. I didn't have to move it. Is he talking about oil? It's the first time I've ever been at this church. Is this guy crazy? We started a story with a famine. The lady leaves because of a famine. And God gives instruction to her for what to do during the famine. I want to tell you the Bible is full of instructions for your life. Elijah tells her to leave because God's decreed a famine for seven years. Um, could we have something different than a seven-year famine? Could I vote for blessing and abundance instead of the famine? Is God available right now? Could you get him on the phone real quick? If God has spoken, there's a seven-year famine. I want to tell you this. If God's spoken, then God's spoken. We live in a day and age where they're trying to undo what God has spoken. If they can't undo that, but that, they only get to that point when they try to undo that there is even a God. Well, is there even a God that spoke? God is not changing his word to fit us. Instead, God is changing us to fit his word. That's the best news I ever got. 
If I can get God to do what I want to do, we're all in big trouble. But if God can get me to be like his son, man, that's called redemption, salvation. That's called the best new ever. We're being transformed. We're being washed by the word. We're being formed and conformed to the image of Christ. And God's word is what's doing it. Let's don't go change God's word. Let's let God's word change us. What do you mean change God's word? Well, it says love your enemies. So let's quit beating them all up. Let's let it change me. Well, I'm going to pray for them instead of letting all the air out of their tire. Now, I never did that. Let's let the word conform us. I, the tire. Eugene's laughing. You had to pass freshman year in Lockhart. You had to be able to take the tires off the car while it was going five miles an hour. We know a little something about some drama. Oh, I love her. And then in the back, we're like, I'm not just talking about the hot topic issues of, of what's going on in our culture. I'm talking about the little things like be quick to listen and slow to speak. That should have got about 12 amens right there. Slow to speak, Matt. All right. So it started with a famine. It ended with her getting everything back. You don't change the famine if God says it's a famine, but man, God's not finished during the famine. He's finished when he makes all things new. It says in chapter 4, the lady was rich at one time. Well-to-do lady. She made room for God. Literally, she built a house, a room on her house. I want to tell you this. The room you've made for God in your life is going to change your future. The room you are making God. Why are we even going to church on Sunday? You're making some room for the Lord. And when you need it, it's going to come back on you. Miss Allie, can I say that to you? The room you've made for the Lord your whole life is going to make room for you in this season of your life. Because sometimes the voices come and go, well, why am I doing all this? And I'm doing all this just to have this happen? How many have ever felt I've fallen God closer than ever and things are worse than ever? Well, there's an enemy. It's a war. You were asleep. Nobody was scared of you. You got up. Now they're all shooting. The enemy, that is. But I'm telling you, the lady made room for God. And the room she made for God was making room for her on the day she came for her house back. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information about All Generations Church, go to aglockhart.org.